You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. So you think you've got what it takes to join the Alliance. Can you say the same thing when you're pitted against the Emperor's legions of stormtroopers, led by his Sith Enforcer Darth Vader? Mind you, this is the Empire that wiped out the Jedi Order and took over the Republic in a near-perfect coup. The course you will take is a dangerous one, and we are vastly outnumbered. We need beings of courage, intelligence, and strength of will. Commanders Michael Cohen and Matthew Frankie are waiting to debrief you. As veterans of the Clone Wars, they are some of the best. They even survived the Jedi Purge. You are fighting for freedom and hope now. So go on, get moving. Oh, and Rookie. Welcome to the Rebellion. Welcome back, Star Wars fans, to the Rebels Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the Star Wars Rebels animated series. This is episode number 12 for the episode entitled Call to Action. If you're new to the show, my name is Matt the Crankster Cranky, and let me bring in your host and creator, the Tarkin, to my agent Callus. It's Mr. Michael Cohen. What's up, my friend? <laughs> I, so I'm the Tarkin. Wow. Yeah, you got to be the target, man. You're, okay, you're, okay. you're the leader of this, uh, All right. this crazy that's very, podcast. That's very auspicious. Uh, <laughs> I guess I have to roll all of my R's. Yes, you do, man. We're going to say rebel friends. <laughs> hey, we're going to hear a lot of that today, man. Yes. Man, lot. he was good. Stan was so good. good. So, yeah. you know what? Um, <clears throat> we got to have Stephen Stan on the show. We, yeah, we, we yeah, got to get, in, get in touch with him and have him on so that we can talk to him about it. But yeah, we will. Because I want to know. I want to hear from him. Because uh, I feel like his his performance, not necessarily his performance, but his voice doubling of Peter Cushing yeah. this time around, uh, the imitation. I don't like to say imitation because it's not really an imitation so much as like a spot on, mm-hmm. I guess, impersonation. It still feels kind of like a stand-up comedian thing, right? right? But like what these guys do, what, what Steven does, what James Arnold Taylor does, it goes beyond just impersonation right like they're they stand in for these people or or in the instance of peter cushing who's no longer with us i i they they take over that role for them right um but i feel like his voice in in rebels was so much more spot on than it was in clone wars and i think like i if i recall correctly he sort of he sort of did like a, a younger version of Tarkin in Clone Wars, Clone Wars. right? So, right. so I want to, I, I just want to get him on the podcast so that we can talk to him and say, hey, like, talk to us about the process of playing Tarkin at two different ages and now much closer to A New Hope, obviously going for like as accurate as possible because, man, there are moments where, like, I'll, I'll say this. When James Arnold Taylor plays Obi-Wan Kenobi, 
as awesome as he is, and as I've said many times on both Frontlines and Rebels, James Arnold Taylor is my Obi-Wan Kenobi, more so than Ewan McGregor, more so than Alec Guinness. He is the Obi-Wan that we've spent the most time with. He is the Obi-Wan that uh, I have the deepest connection with, and he is he has some of my favorite moments. So like as much as he is my Obi-Wan Kenobi, I can tell the difference between him, Ewan McGregor, and Alec Guinness, right? Like, there's a... They all obviously uh, uh, play in the same wheelhouse because they're all the same character, but but there is a distinct difference. When you hear James Arnold Taylor do Obi-Wan, you know that it's James Arnold Taylor doing Obi-Wan. He has his right. own yeah. his own angle with it, right? Um, just like how Matt Lanter doesn't do a Hayden Christensen impersonation, he plays the character. Mm-hmm. But with, with Tarkin, there are moments where I forget. Like, I forget right. that there's a voice actor. I forget that it's animated and I was just like, "Oh, that's Tarkin." <laughs> like that is yeah. straight up Grand Moff Tarkin on the screen and it was so good. He was so good and so despicable and evil that it was just like, "Oh man, I I got to watch a new hope again so that when <laughs> Princess Leia, you know, I I sees him for the first time in that in that movie, and makes the comment of, uh, I should have, I, I should have recognized, or I should have known it was you. or recognized your smell when I was brought on board, right? Right. It's uh, you, you understand yeah. based on this why she would have that impression of him, mm-hmm. that he is just that evil. He's just that bad. Because in in Clone Wars, he wasn't that bad. He was kind of, he was kind of, uh, I don't know. Um, he was hiding it. Right. It was much more sneaky, right? He wasn't quite as out in the open with his, I'm a bad guy. Look mm-hmm. at me. Right. <laughs> Look at me be evil. Yeah. Uh, no. He what was, did you think? <laughs> no, no, exactly. I, I was going to say, I'll get to it probably actually in the, because I, I yeah. had the same feeling as you. Like, I, you'll actually hear a clip. And, and when I heard it back the other day, just getting ready for the show, I'm like, wow, I, I, it's almost hard to tell sometimes. Yeah. Uh, just the fact that we know that Cushing's not around, but still, you like you close your eyes and you're like, wow, you can you can just see Cushing come through he there. Nails but, it. He yeah, nails yeah, it. And, yeah. and for those for those who aren't familiar with Stephen Stanton specifically, like with his sort of his, his personal stuff, uh, or haven't like seen him on screen or or listened to him on any of the podcasts, first go back and listen to to our podcast uh, episode with him. I think it's during the uh, during the the illustrious the infamous droid arc in <laughs> yeah. season five that's right um, we have because he played uh colonel meber gascon on that mm-hmm. but i uh, go listen to that or just watch the rebels recon because he's in the rebels recon mm-hmm. and you'll hear his voice and just how different it is and i think like that's the thing that gets me is how different his characters always are from his actual voice. Mm-hmm. Um, he is he's one of those voice actors that when you hear it, he just disappears, right? Like, like some guys, uh, uh, James Arnold Taylor. I mean, he do, he like he does a great job of doubling for a lot of people, but then there's a few that he does <clears throat> uh, when he's sort of like longer term things where it's more of a performance and less of like a you know, ADR filling in for someone where you like, you can kind of tell like that's his, you can mm-hmm. hear his voice in it a little bit. Right. Um, uh, his, his, uh, doc Brown from back to the future is one of those. Cause he plays doc Brown in one of the, um, in one of the, uh, the back to the future games, I think. Video games, right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
and you can hear him. You you can hear that it's James Arnold Taylor. But uh, there are a few of those voice actors out there, Corey Burton, uh, uh, Stephen Stanton, um, uh, they, they, they just disappear into these characters. And it just helps. Like, Jim Cummings is a good example of somebody that you... you you always know that it's Jim Cummings, right? Like you could, he's got that little bit Honda. of his voice that whether he's doing Darkwing Duck or he's doing Winnie the Pooh or he's doing Hondo, mm-hmm. there's there's a there's like a, a a little piece of DNA that all of those characters share, right? Like uh, John DiMaggio is another one, where it's like there's always this little piece that you can kind of feel threaded through everything. But then there's a different school of voice actor that Stephen Stanton is, where if you don't know that it's him, you don't know that it's him. You have to you have to look it up. You have to see it because again, Moralo Evol, another character that he played on the Clone Wars, was just mm-hmm. so different from Mieber Gascon or uh, Tarkin. Tarkin, yeah. It's yeah. just like where is that coming from? Right? <laughs> um, yeah. How is he able to mask that so yeah. well? He just just pitches it up and down and all over the place. Yeah, he's he's good, and we've had, like you said, we've had him on the show, and I I, yeah. I will do that. I will message him uh, tonight after we're done. Just maybe we can get him on uh, to talk a little. Yeah, we we, we got a break, so maybe hopefully yeah. we can get him in here and uh, and and fill the fill the void. Yeah, I'd uh, be fantastic. pun intended. Ha ha. <laughs> With that, uh, and we'll talk about it more in this this coming yeah. uh, recap we're going to do. But let's get Absolutely. just a couple things of news uh, coming up here. A small rebel force has penetrated the shield. You are part of the Rebel Alliance and a traitor. Several transmissions were beamed to the ship by Rebel spies. Rebel base in range. You Rebel scum. I forgot last week to mention that um, season two for uh, well, we talked about season two coming at celebration, but yeah, it appears that we're gonna get twice as many episodes, according to Freddie Burns Jr., who kind of let it slip yeah. through his Twitter feed that he was doing some recording, uh, and he says, "Hey, nearly twice as many episodes." So, um, if you want to follow him, he's at the real F P Jr. Uh, but anyway, yeah, he he said that we're getting twice as many. So that was kind of surprising because I kind of like this this short 13, 16, whatever it's going to be. Yeah. I, I kind of like that. So you know, it's the same thing. You know, with, with more episodes, does it do we get more of the droids in distress or you know what I mean? Or yeah, uh, that's just the only thing that I worry about. But uh, what do you think? More episodes? Um, I think I think look, uh, voice actors uh, they talk <laughs> they yeah. do it for a living uh actors do it for a living right i i and i think i it hasn't been confirmed trying, it hasn't been confirmed, yeah this isn't you know? confirmed right and and uh, i'm trying i'm just trying to remember the voice actor's name that plays goofy um <clears throat> uh, for disney uh and he uh he recently was at a convention and and was saying that that uh, Kingdom Hearts 3, a video game that is in production currently and that a lot of people are anticipating, myself included, mm-hmm. um, 
that I that he finished his voice recording and the game would be out later this year. Now, half of that statement is is true. He finished his voice recording, but voice recording is done very early on, and then the video game development process is a very long process. And that game's probably 2016, mm-hmm. uh, like late 2016, if not 2017. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> knowing knowing the way that, that Square does stuff, um, but. That brings me back to, to Freddie Prince Jr. They may have recorded, uh, they may have been told season two and recorded twice as many episodes or nearly twice as many episodes. Um, now, nearly twice as many, that's a that's a very uh, uh, sort of amorphous uh, <laughs> statement to make. It's like that's a, that's... What does that mean? Because uh, if it's if it's sixteen episodes uh, and they recorded twenty, or I I highly doubt that they recorded thirty. I, I don't know that they that, like maybe twenty two, mm-hmm. if they've recorded if they're going to consider it one season. Um, so I wouldn't get too crazy about it. And again, I'll I'll go back to uh, Clone Wars was an anomaly. Clone Wars was treated as a regular half-hour TV series, in the way that it was that it was handled um, from a production schedule, it, it had a set number of episodes every season, and that number of episodes was spaced out between September, October, and April, May. Right, like that—that that was how they did things, and that's how most TV shows do things. That's not how most animated shows do stuff. Um, we know that we're going to get to see the season two premiere at Star Wars Celebration in April, and I anticipate that we'll see the season two premiere on Disney XD soon after that, mm-hmm. uh, sometime early in May. But that, like, there won't be a long break. It'll be May or June before we see uh, season two start to air. Uh, I think that that we could see uh, uh, season two. Like, I, I've already sort of laid out the schedule that I think that we're going to get. Mm-hmm. So we'll get like another sixteen-ish episodes, uh, you know, probably like twelve to sixteen episodes that'll go at a bit of a stretch with maybe some some breaks in between, and then we'll get another long break, and then they'll in October we'll get another chunk of episodes that will take us through to to December eighteenth, right? Um, they're gonna want to to get like basically spread this out right up until the release of, of episode seven. So mm, right. <clears throat> um, Ninja Turtles is a good example. The new Ninja Turtles series. Uh, season one was a certain number of episodes, and then season two was was more episodes than that. And then season three, I think, is, is back to the same number of episodes as season one. Like, season two felt almost like a season and a half. Um, and uh, Adventure Time is another really good example. Like, Adventure Time will have... Uh, 13 episodes in a season and then 20 episodes and then 40 episodes in a season like they consider a season to be a chunk of episodes that are produced once basically what has been uh, purchased in advance right what has been Mm -hmm. sort of bankrolled by by whatever uh, studio or network is paying to have the show done so uh, what this means to me is that Disney XD has very clearly decided that they're doing at least another 30 episodes or so, right? Like, they're going to do, like, 20 to 30 more episodes 
Uh, so the production order was for 20 to 30 more episodes. Whether or not they'll be released as season two yeah. is is up in the air. Um, Couldn't that be part of season three too? I mean, he could be recording exactly yeah. right. Yeah. If you cut because if you if he said like he says nearly twice as many episodes, if you cut that in half, <laughs> yeah. right, then you've got a season two and a season three. Um, guaranteed all of those episodes will not be included on one Blu-ray set because <laughs> right. they will want to get as much money out of us as possible. So uh, they'll release 12 episodes or 16 episodes in a Blu-ray set and call it a season, right? Mm-hmm. And and charge us $40 regardless and uh, that whole deal. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like, it's, it's kind of... Um, we know that they're producing more and we know that they'll produce as many as they feel like producing because they're basically producing their own series, right? I mean, it's Disney XD. They're Mm going to continue making Star Wars shows as long as Star Wars is profitable for them, which will be forever. Mm -hmm. So they'll make Star Wars Rebels as long as they want to make Star Wars Rebels. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you never know. We'll see, see, but I'm sure we'll have some kind of idea by the time we get to Celebration on uh, what thing is going on. If not, we'll be asking all weekends. (laughs) Right. Hey, and one more thing before we get into the recap. Um, Again, this is this goes under the the uh, you know we never know we don't we don't know it's total speculation but I guess the bearded yeah. trio which is I believe a website um, has yes, discovered that okay that a source that Han Solo will appear in season two of Star Wars Rebels and uh, apparently there's an actor who that they couldn't mention but he's been considered for the role and apparently he's been associated with the role before um, so take that as you will. But it's not really a big shock to me, seeing as that we got Lando, you know, we got um, some of the other cameos that we've already gotten. You know, I, yeah. I, it wouldn't really surprise me to see a Han Solo in the series. So, uh, any any shock to you that we might get Han Solo in season two, Mike? Probably not, right? No, no. Yeah. Um, I think I think it's absolutely possible. Uh, I, I think that that it's that it's uh, based on the reception of Lando and uh, and the way that that went. Um, I think that it's it's actually kind of likely. Um, yeah. I think I'll go back to my timing for the season, and if you think about it logically, what would be the best thing to open a season that starts in October, right, right when they want everybody getting to a fever pitch regarding Force Awakens, yeah. yeah, episode seven, right, right. When yeah. Force Awakens, they will want Han Solo. They'll want the hey, look. Han Solo is is uh, a side effect of what they really want, which mm. is the Millennium Falcon, right? <clears throat> they want an episode where the Falcon and the Ghost are side by side so that people can see that the Ghost is the Falcon and the Falcon is the Ghost and they're they're the same thing, mm-hmm. right? Um, and, uh, and, and also to get people really excited for Episode 7, seeing right. the Millennium Falcon again. So... Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, uh, I don't. I wouldn't be surprised if that's the direction that they go. I wouldn't be surprised if that is something that's going to happen. That it's something that we see at Star Wars Celebration, mm-hmm. because that is something that, like, if it is true and it's already leaked. Um, which, speaking of which, Lucasfilm needs to plug up some of these holes, because <laughs> man, they used to be much better at keeping secrets. Yeah. Because um, recently, it feels like they can't keep any. <laughs> but uh, 
I if it, if it has been leaked and this is true, I think that that Dave Filoni and crew will want to get out ahead of it, and before anything else leaks, like screen caps or or you know sort of like uh, over the shoulder picture of somebody working on the Millennium Falcon, I yeah. think they'll want to get out and be like, hey, take a look, mm-hmm. right? Because um, they like to kind of control the message when it comes to the animated stuff, especially. So, so, so we'll, we'll see. Yeah, what do you think of this? It says something that uh, the actor has been associated with playing a character previously. So besides, obviously, Harrison Ford, the only yeah. other person I can think of is, I know, I think David Collins did did him for maybe an audiobook or something like that. Um, I know Stephen Stanton can do a Han Solo, but any have you have any ideas on that? or? Well, I think he has been, Han Solo's been in a few video games. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's entirely possible. I mean, James Arnold Taylor played Obi-Wan in several video games. I think he played Obi-Wan in video games before he ever did it for the Clone Wars. Right. For the, like, when I say the Clone Wars, I mean uh, the Clone Wars, right? The the Gendy Tartakovsky series. Right. Um, I'm pretty sure that he played Obi-Wan in 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 one of the, the sort of the... I know he played him in Episode 3, but I think he played him in something before that mm-hmm. as well. Um, so... Yeah, I mean, like, it's not unheard of that, that video game voice actors would, you know, also carry that over into some of the animated properties. So, so yeah, I it's I think it's going to be one one or the other. I, I mean, David Collins does a great, great Han Solo. Right, yeah. So, yeah. you know, and look, if you're going to do Han Solo and keep the fans happy, which they're the ones that it's going to be the hardest to keep happy... Uh, going with David Collins is a good call. Yeah, that's a yeah. good call because good he's a, because he's he's part of the community. Mm-hmm. And if we hear that David Collins is going to be playing uh, Han Solo, we'll be like, oh, okay, cool. If we hear that some random person is playing Han Solo, we'll be like, why does Han Solo need to be in this? Right? <laughs> um, yeah. But that said, uh, yeah, like I'm I'm all for it. I, I yeah, me too. I would. It would be really really cool if Harrison Ford <laughs> was doing the voice, but who knows? <laughs> yeah, that would yeah. be nice, huh? Hey, he's doing he's doing stuff for Force Awakens. Just put him in the ADR yeah. booth and grab some well, stuff. But you that's know. exactly it, right? It's right, like yeah. uh, we've already got you. Can we get you for 15 minutes? Yeah, to record these couple of lines of dialogue because we don't know. Like when they say Han Solo will appear in season two of Star Wars Rebels. Will he appear or will he be a character? <laughs> right? Yeah. Because Lando is a character in Star Wars Rebels. He's not he didn't appear. Darth Vader appeared. Mm-hmm. Right? So hmm. you know, we'll we'll have to wait and see. Yeah. But. Yeah. Good stuff coming though, man. Lots of great yeah. lots of great stuff coming. Uh, mm-hmm. I guess uh, with that we'll get into the recap. What do you say, Mike? Yeah, let's do it. Jedi Master Luminata and Julia has been imprisoned somewhere in the Stygian system. We can't pass this up. Use the Force! Ezra, your formal Jedi training starts tomorrow. I am the Inquisitor. Chopper, get us out of here! This is the Padawan I encountered on Stygian Prime. Have no fear. Help is on the way. There's a lot more at stake than you realize. Well, kid. You pulled it off. Was there ever any doubt? Yes. All right, Mike, here we go with Call to Action. Imperial Grand Moff Willif Tarkin arrives on Lothal. Agent Callus, Minister Maketh Tua, 
and the Inquisitor greet their esteemed guest in a hangar at Imperial HQ. The Grand Moff is greatly disappointed with the Empire's inability to stop the recent surge of rebel activity on Lothal, so he has arrived to deal with it, per, uh, deal with the situation personally. And Mike, I have to say before we go on here, um, how about the intro to this episode? I mean, Shades of Return of the Jedi, uh, mm. the Imperial March, the yes. you know the shuttle, the camera angles as you see uh, his shuttle coming in, the spectacle. The spectacle that is the arrival of Tarkin, or any, you know, like we saw with Vader or the Emperor, the spectacle that, that goes along with somebody that important showing up. Um, just, I mean, and he, and he wastes no time. He comes right off and he wastes no time. And it's almost, it was almost like um, shot for shot with Vader and, and the Emperor, you know? And yeah. they even mentioned that, Mike, in, in the behind the scenes or the, the Rebels Recon, how they purposely follow Return of the Jedi and some of the even the lighting of the of the scene followed suit the the grays and all that so just a fantastic opening and just shades uh, you know just brought me back to Return of the Jedi and and seeing Tarkin come out and and his disappointment with Callus and the Inquisitor and even this minister um Minister Tua uh you know he's just like oh boy this this is going to get real bad for these guys real quick so right, what did you think of this opening yeah, I mean, uh, you you kind of said it all. It's it's it is absolutely uh, just a callback to Return of the Jedi, and it's perfect. It's it's yeah. it's it's absolutely perfect. It, it gives you all of the same sort of uh, the same sort of notes that you get in Return of the Jedi with both Vader's arrival and and the Emperor's. So yeah, I loved it. I, I love his entrance, his his introduction. It was all. Uh, sort of pitch perfect. It's yes. a great reference. I, I, I talk a lot, especially on on front lines. I would talk a lot about um, when the references were a little bit too on the nose, right? When they were a little bit too cute, mm-hmm. where uh, it would be like uh, basically, you know, I, I saying a line from a from a previous movie, and it almost felt like shoehorned in at times, like. Like they're just like, oh, oh, look, we're referencing one of the movies. Um, <laughs> yeah, look over here. Yeah. yeah, but with this, this reference to me is logical because obviously this is the way that the Empire does stuff. This is sort of the way that they work. Um, it is a reference that is in itself actually a reference because that that whole scene in Return of the Jedi is meant to evoke the same feeling. Uh, as if you go back and you look at like historical uh, uh, Nazi mm-hmm. film, right? Like if you if you sort of see the Nazis in there with their perfectly you know lined up regiments and and all like uh, I, all of the sort of pomp and circumstance that they put into all of their proceedings, mm-hmm. um, it, it's supposed to draw that analogy for you, right? You're supposed to see that and go like, oh, these are bad guys, right? The, right. <clears throat> I think we all know that the Empire are supposed to be basically the nazis in space right yeah um so so it, the fact that it is in and of itself already a reference when you visually reference that again it's like you're what you're really doing is evoking the same thing that that original scene evoked and uh and i think that 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 is the way to do it that's the way to to sort of harken back to the original films mm-hmm. uh or any of the films in fact so yeah. yeah, another great thing too was was the mention of Tarkin about how 
uh, and he's quick to point out how that the Jedi died, you know, and he goes, he talked about how he knew, yeah. he knew the Jedi, and he's just like, oh man, yeah, I talk about the Clone Wars, and he was around the Jedi all the time, not all the time, but he was around the Jedi, so he knew them, he knew them personally, like he said, and none of it, and it's funny to see that, you know, like this minister and them, they're, they're not, they, they don't know what a Jedi is, they don't know what they do, I mean, I know what they, they know what they do, but they've never seen one before, they never interacted with one, so Tarkin is showing his leadership on, 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 and he really does believe it sounds like that uh, that they are wiped out at least he either he believes that or he wants them to believe that yeah not really sure yet but I you know we'll see we'll see where we go um, but yeah great stuff with Target go ahead Mike you want to keep going yeah if I if word will open up for me there we go uh, <clears throat> meanwhile Kanan Ezra and Sabine race through a small town on speeder bikes having stolen some Imperial supplies Commander Oresco, Taskmaster Grint, and a squad of stormtroopers give chase. The rebels manage to escape their pursuers, and they return to the ghost, just in time to see a holonet broadcast from Gaul Travis. The Imperial Senator paints the rebels in a negative light, and offers a generous reward for their capture. Zeb and Ezra are angered by the message, but Kanan comes up with a plan to hijack an Imperial communications tower and send out a message of their own one that will expose the truth of the Empire's brutality and inspire the people of Lothal. So uh, so we get uh, Travis sort of turning turning coat mm-hmm. uh, as soon yeah. as basically the last episode ended um, and, uh, and, and basically selling out our rebel friends. Uh, I, it's... I, th- I was actually a little bit unexpected. They kind of, they're kind of like outing one of their resources. Right. Um, and and uh, and making it, I, I don't know. I, I guess that capturing these rebels is more important than than that. Uh, mm-hmm. Stopping this Jedi, right, and his apprentice. Um, <clears throat> I because I guess again, we know from last week that this small group is causing a lot more trouble than uh, basically any other rebel cell. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're, oh, they're, yeah, very, they're very difficult to deal with. Obviously, this is why this is the group that we're focused on, right? Uh, if somebody else was out there doing something more exciting, we'd be watching their show, not this show. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it, it's interesting that that uh, along with Tarkin showing up, obviously, the Empire is sort of just ramping things up in general. Um mm-hmm. Everything that that I think Hera was trying to avoid is happening. Yeah, right. They're kind of they're right. on the radar and they're bringing down some serious Imperial heat, and it's not right. going to work out so well for them as we uh, as we yeah. find out in this episode. Well, I, I just wonder too. Like, um, is this the, like you said we're following this group and it, and they're so focused and Travis and them are so focused on this group. Is this the only group that they've encountered mm-hmm. that has a Jedi? We don't know that yet. Um, it seems that, uh, like you said, they are so focused on on this one, and I think yeah. obviously it's because of, you know, the master and a, a Jedi and the apprentice angle of it. So, and then and, and Travis too. I mean, he's putting out a reward for these guys now. So, how is that going to affect this crew going forward? I mean, I, we know that the Empire was looking for them. They're kind of hidden out a little bit on Lothal, but now that brings in. You know, bounty hunters now and stuff like that. Is there other people that are going to be looking to cash on this reward? And and do they have to be more discreet now when they do things? Well, I guess we'll find out in, in the next few episodes and maybe next season how they handle that. Mm-hmm. So, 
Uh, we'll continue here. Commandant Aresco and Taskmaster Grint report to Grand Moff Tarkin's office at Imperial HQ. Tarkin berates the two officers for their failure to apprehend the insurgents, and he is especially concerned that they have allowed the Jedi Kanan to become a symbol of hope for the people. On, on the Grand Moff's order, the Inquisitor ignites his double-bladed lightsaber and executes Oresco and Grant with one flick of his wrist, sending a clear message that failure will no longer be tolerated. Tarkin then orders Agent Callus to dispatch probe droids across the planet to track down the rebels. Taskmaster Miles Grit reporting. Gentlemen, sit. I understand you have experience dealing with these insurgents. Oh, yes, sir. And your efforts have been less than successful? Uh, well, I, I wouldn't say. Commandant, if your efforts had been successful, we would not be having this little chat. Now, when was the last activity reported? Sir, we uh, responded personally to an attack last night in one of the outlying towns. And the details of this attack? Uh, nothing of note. Uh, the insurgents stole some supplies and escaped on speeder bikes. Uh, no casualties. Ah, but you see, Commandant, there is something of note in that report. No casualties. Your rebel cell is more principled than others. Others, sir? Uh, you mean there are other cells? Cells, factions, tribes, call them what you will. They lack the one thing that would make them a credible threat to the Empire. Unity. While your cell seems uninterested in violence, it does present a specific threat. The Jedi. Oh, we have encountered him, sir. And he lives up to their reputation. Oh, I doubt that very much. But I am not concerned with his skills as a warrior. I am concerned with what he represents. Or perhaps I should say, I am concerned by what you allow him to represent by failing to stop him. Hope. There are whispers of this alleged Jedi in the streets. In time, such whispers might spark belief in something other than the strength and security of the Empire. And that, gentlemen, is something I cannot have. Belen Oresco and Taskmaster Miles Grit report. So my... Um... Here's what I'm talking about in this, and you said it earlier, you know, mm -hmm. like you, you listen to that and wow, it's just like, that is so spot on. I mean, you, you can actually see Cushing. I mean, it, it's, it's just bizarre, man. I had to play an extra part of that scene just so you guys can hear that, just to know what we were talking about. It's like, wow. But here, here is why he's such a great leader uh, as far as Harkin is concerned. I mean, he is... He's not really worried about like the physical threat that that these guys pose, you know. Yeah. He's he's more worried about the emotional impact that that a rebel cell could have on the on the whole populace. And he even says in here, he goes, "You're giving them, allowing these guys to keep doing this. It's starting to give people hope." And he's almost like talking as Robin Hood as like a like a Robin Hood or something like that. You know what I mean? So that's just like a huge thing that's why he's that's why he's the boss right i mean this guy has he has the the brains to figure out that not that these goofballs can't figure out they're just trying to catch him no this guy is is trying to put this cell out because they're giving hope to the people and then they might uprise and, and go against the empire which we see them do obviously but man like you said mike earlier woo, man he sounds so much like him it's so good so good uh what do you think and also callus here he actually looks like he's shocked 
when he sees the way this is handled. I, there's one one part of the end here where he, he kind of looks like, whoa, like, yeah, this got real, you know, <laughs> this got real, real fast. I better get on my J here and hopefully not disappoint Tarkin. So I don't. What'd you think about this and then Tarkin and what he said? Uh, yeah, I mean, I we're I hope we're transitioning a little bit from the sort of uh, fun adventure mm-hmm. uh, uh, element into a little bit more of the like high stakes. Um, I do like, and we we talked about this a lot in the lead up to Rebels that there would need to be these characters so that like new characters that we don't know so that. When they fail, they can like that. It's not we're not seeing Darth Vader fail to catch these guys, right? Mm-hmm. We're seeing uh, the Inquisitor fail to catch them, and obviously he's being taken to task for that. Uh, but more so uh, uh, on the lower level with with Oresco and Grant, who are characters that we've actually kind of gotten to know a little bit because they've they've been featured in several episodes, right? Um, to have them done with uh, I, I, their their journey is obviously at an end um, and Callus I don't think expected it as much and I I, I don't remember is is uh, is is the the minister there is Maka Makith Tua no um, she there she's not there in that scene right um, no no but yeah, like it's sort of like this is this is Tarkin's way of showing that he's not messing around, right? Like this is serious business now. Mm-hmm. These rebels need to be stopped at all costs, and uh, and failure is not going to be tolerated. So it makes me very curious to see what the fate of our Inquisitor is going to be. Yes, yeah. If these guys do manage to uh, to escape them once again, yeah. And he was, yeah, he was pretty, uh, the Inquisitor, as we'll find out, he was, I don't know, he wrapped it up a little bit, I think, but we'll talk about that. Um, go ahead, yeah. Mike, you want to keep going? <clears throat> yeah. Kanan, uh, Ezra, and Sabine lie hidden on top of an archway and scout out the Imperial comm tower. Sabine studies the base's defenses and scans a map of the tower. Before the group can leave, an Imperial troop transport passes below them and deploys a probe droid. Thinking quickly, Ezra uses the Force to connect with a Lothcat hiding in the grass nearby. The beast jumps out and attacks the probe, causing it to spin out of control and crash to the ground. Assuming the coast is clear, the Rebels depart on their speeder bikes. They don't realize that the probe's optical sensors are still active, and the droid records an image of them as they make their escape. Uh, clever use of the Lothcat by Ezra. He's yeah. starting to think on his feet and... and- they're really smart too that uh, use the cat a way the empire and, doesn't think there's anything wrong. Go ahead. And he seems to have a very uh, a strong connection to uh, what what Qui Gon would refer to as the living, living force. Living force, yeah. Um, yeah. And he's able to control animals pretty easily now. Right. Now that he knows how to do it, um, mm-hmm. he doesn't really struggle, and it does exactly what he wants. So. Yeah. I don't know. I think that's a that's a key. Uh, different Jedi have different attributes, different skills, and uh, and it's it's becoming clear that this is uh, this is a particular asset that that Ezra has. So I, I just thought that was interesting. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I like what you say about the, the living force. He does seem to have like this great yeah. connection with 
with uh, the animals there. Uh, Agent Callus brings the information from the probe to Tarkin. The Grand Moff guesses the insurgents plan to attack the communications tower, but rather than try to prevent the attack, he decides to let the rebels proceed and plans to catch them in a trap. Uh, as the Ghost crew make their final preparations for their mission, Ezra suddenly seems uncertain. Kanan tries to bolster his students' confidence, but Ezra is not suffering from self-doubt. He knows that their mission will be dangerous, and having already lost his parents to the Empire's cruelty, the young orphan is now afraid of losing his newfound family as well. Kanan tries to reassure him, but he also reminds Ezra that their overall mission is bigger than any of them individually, and that they must continue on even if they suffer losses. I'm not sure we should go through with this. Ezra, you are up to this. I know you are. I know that's what you want to think, but look, as much as I wish I was like my parents, I'm not. There's something else. <sighs> my parents spoke out, and I lost them. And I don't... I don't want to lose you guys, okay? Not over this. Hey, all of us have lost things. And we will take more losses before this is over. But we can't let that stop us from taking risks. We have to move forward. And when the time comes, we have to be ready to sacrifice for something bigger. That sounds good, but it's not so easy. It's not easy for me either. My master tried to show me, but... I don't think I ever understood it until now, trying to teach it to you. I guess you and I are learning these things together. I'll tell you what, Mike, this was rather, after I listened to this, I uh, watched it the second time, um, you hear Kanan talk about, like, the sacrifice, and he, he actually says, um, you know, when the time comes, we have to be ready to sacrifice for something bigger. And I thought to myself, well, that's a rather, like, ominous and... And, you know, is this a little bit of foreshadowing? He's, he's kind of telling Ezra that, you know, we might have to lay down our lives for, for, the, for our cause here. And, and it mm -hmm. could happen coming up. And, and I just heard that like, wow, you know, it's kind of a, almost not necessarily morbid, but just like he, he kind of said it and you kind of like, whoa, whoa. You kind of think back where you think for a second, like, wow, that was, that was some rough stuff coming from, from Kanan on what these guys may have to do. And, and is that foreshadowing to where this series is going? Are, you know, are these rebels going yeah. to sacrifice? And we've talked about that before, Mike. But pretty pretty nice little scene there. And um, just and Ezra, too. I mean, he's starting to show, like, his, he really cares for this crew now. I mean, this is his family now. So a really touching scene and uh, tinged with that little ominous quote by, uh, by Kanan. Yeah, well, as soon as he says, <laughs> it's sort of what he says, about having to uh, accept sacrifice and and that you might be the one who has to has to yeah. <laughs> sacrifice yourself. It was like, oh, oh, so something's gonna happen. My wife was like, oh no, they're gonna kill Kanan. <laughs> and I was like, they're not gonna kill Kanan in the first season. Relax. Yeah. Um, at least not before the season finale. Um, <laughs> but yeah. you could kind of tell that something was gonna happen. Yeah. That that it was gonna be tense. Um, and yeah. that that it might not be a happy ending to this episode as it has been right. basically with the rest of the season. Every episode's kind of wrapped itself up in a nice little bow. Mm -hmm. um, with the exception, I guess, of, of the... I, I don't know. There was not the mid-season finale, but the episode before it was kind of... They were oh, kind yeah. of connected. But, yeah. but everything else has basically been, you know, one and done. So, right. um, I don't know. It's interesting. It does feel like we're building towards something. It feels like it's ramping up. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, I didn't think it was necessarily like a, a quote that 
as we'll find out in just a few few minutes here about the end of this episode, but yeah. more of an overall like uh, series type thing, like what 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 this crew should sure. have to, to yeah. sacrifice. So uh, we'll continue here. as night falls. Sabine pilots a speeder bike towards the comm tower with Rhydonium fuel with a Rhydonium fuel canister in tow. She crashes the explosive canister into an Imperial aircraft turret, then starts blasting the stormtroopers guarding the tower. Zen commandeers another turret and helps Sabine finish off the Imperial defenders. Kanan, Ezra, and Chopper bring up the rear, and they enter the tower. Sabine and Chopper start uploading the data spike that will allow them to hack into the Imperial comm network. However, they suddenly have to work faster than expected when Kanan spots incoming Imperial reinforcements. Uh, sorry. Uh, the data spike finishes uploading, but Agent Callus, the Inquisitor, and a squad of stormtroopers surround the rebels outside and cut off their escape. Kanan orders the rest of the crew to head back into the tower and take the lift to the top floor. He then fuses the door shut behind him, behind them with his lightsaber and engages in a duel with the Inquisitor. Kanan fights better than he had in their previous encounters, and he buys enough time for Hera to arrive in the Phantom and extract the rest of the crew from the top of the tower. In the end, though, the Inquisitor defeats the Jedi once again, pinning him to the side of the tower with the Force. Kanan orders Hera to leave without him, and she reluctantly complies. So uh, one thing that I'll note is mm-hmm. that we see the uh, we see the uh, the the Republic uh, patrol helicopters make a return as uh, as as mm-hmm. um, I guess patrol transports troop transports for the Empire uh, with a new paint job and uh, and a slightly different tone so they look a little bit more like Tie Fighters this time around. Really mm-hmm. happy to see them come back because it's one of my favorite designs from the Clone Wars. Yeah. I love the look of these. Oh yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, and yeah, this this fight uh, was pretty great. What did you think of the fight? Well, I, you know what, I, I'm still like I, I forgot that, or maybe I just didn't realize how. Uh, man, the Inquisitor, he's, he, you know, Kanan's really not any match for him. I mean, he kind of took care of him fairly easily, and mm-hmm. and I'm trying to figure out like, is is the Inquisitor that good or? I mean, obviously he can use the Force. I mean, he's got Force abilities. He's not like a He's not like a Grievous where he can just lightsaber battle. He's got the extra stuff that you need. Or is Kanan just, like, he's just that much out of practice, you know? Um, and he really has no one to to challenge him. You know, Ezra's still way too young to to, to help him out. So, yeah. you know, I just, I, I, it's kind of odd that Kanan, he just gets his butt kicked by the, the Inquisitor. Yeah. Um, but... You know, was it that, or or was he just buying time for his for the for Ezra and them up top? I yeah. guess you can kind of argue that that maybe he kind of was playing with a little bit and letting the Inquisitor do what he had to do. I don't know. Maybe a lot of people would tend to go that route just to say that rather than say Kanan is not that good of a of a uh, combatant. But I don't know. Um, I that- I think I think there's two things going on here. I think I think that you're right that that Kanan was buying time. Mm-hmm. He was he was kind of playing with with the Inquisitor. Yeah. Um, I do think the Inquisitor is a better swordsman. He's he's more well trained and a little bit better when it comes to the actual dueling. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think that Ezra and Kanan both have a better control of the force and i think that they're both more powerful in the force mm-hmm. than than the inquisitor and uh that that's 
that's kind of there. There's a little bit of evidence to support it, but it's more supported by logic um, and sort of past stuff. But I would say, like every time that we've seen them throw down, the Inquisitor always kind of beats Kanan in the actual sword fight. But then as soon as force powers come into it, either Kanan or Ezra are able to overpower the Inquisitor. Kanan doesn't fight back with the force in this Mm -hmm. instance. Now he's also, he also knows that he's, he's hugely outnumbered and that as long as he engages the Inquisitor Mm one-on-one and doesn't tip his hand, that they're not going to open fire. Right? right, because he's got gunships pointed at him. Right, like mm-hmm. it's kind of like like he if if he shows off a little bit too much, they're gonna start. You know, the stormtroopers will start firing, and yeah, and the, right, the, right. the gunships will let loose a couple of rockets that he can't do anything about. So, um, so he kind of had to make a choice of like, what am I doing here? And it was stall, sort of play with the Inquisitor, uh, and and sort of let his pride. Right. Give them the opportunity to escape. And then if he just sort of gives up, they'll take him as a prisoner. Mm-hmm. Um, as, as sort of the Inquisitor already implied. So so I think with that in mind, he just kind of lets it happen. Um, he, he just kind of lets go and, and, and allows... I mean, like, this is a, this is a very Jedi movie. He's, he's going to trust in the Force right. that whatever happens next is is the will of the force and, and he's got to just kind of give into that and that obviously as he said before the larger mission is much more important than the individual sacrifice so you know uh, he's got to do what he's got to do and that's right. uh, that's kind of how it goes over in, in in this last scene here so and he doesn't seem too concerned um, during this whole thing I mean he's ma- he's kind of cracking a couple jokes you know yeah so uh, that's kind of why I had a tendency to think, well, maybe he's kind of just you know slow playing this thing. So yeah, he didn't, yeah, like I said, he didn't seem like he was too worried about uh, anything. So yeah, and I think I think that um, they, Kanan and Hera have a plan. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that they always have yeah. a plan for everything because mm-hmm. when this happens, you know, he doesn't seem too phased by it. Like he kind of already knows what to do, and so does Hera. Right, like when he says go back in, go up to the to the top, and then Hera just goes straight there, right? Like, it's kind of like you know if if everything goes to hell in a handbasket, here's the second plan, right? Right. Um, uh, hopefully we can get in and out of there before they even know what's going on. But you know, I I you've always got to have a contingency plan, right? So yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, um, well, let's finish it up here. Grand Moff Tarkin arrives at the tower the next morning, and he is greatly pleased when Agent Callus and the Inquisitor present him with a captured Jedi. Meanwhile, back on the Ghost, Ezra broadcasts a message of hope to the people of the Fall and beyond. He spreads the truth about the Empire's tyranny and implores the people to stand together against their common enemy. Kanan can only watch helplessly as Tarkin orders Imperial gunships to shoot down the comm tower cutting off Ezra's transmission. Ezra wonders if anyone heard the message, and Hera confidently assures him that they did. They both agree that their mission is far from over. But we are not. We are rebels, fighting for the people, fighting for you. 
I'm not that old, but I remember a time when things were better on the phone. Maybe not great, but never like this. See what the Empire has done to your lives, your families. But we are not. We are rebels, fighting for the people. Fighting for you. I'm not that old, but I remember a time when things were better on the phone. Maybe not great, but never like this. See what the Empire has done to your lives, your families, and your freedom? It's only gonna get worse. Unless we stand up and fight back. It won't be easy. There'll be loss and sacrifice, but we can't back down just because we're afraid. That's when we need to stand the tallest. That's what my parents taught me. That's what my new family helped me remember. it takes to win a war, but I do. Was it worth it? Do you think anybody heard? I have a feeling they did. This isn't over. No, it isn't. Am like a rather uh, different way to go out normally on this episode, and that's how it ended, and it kind of just faded out. And we're left in a bit of a cliffhanger here. Um, yeah. You know, Kanan is captured now, uh, but the message was sent out. It was. It looked like it broadcasted uh, as long as it could until the tower got it got uh, blasted out of the sky. Yeah, um, at least on Lothal, right? At least we on know Lothal. That, that yeah, at least yeah. they saw it there. But but the plan was to send it out to multiple systems, right? That's why right. they rather than than just send it out locally, they wanted to send it out to the surrounding areas. So. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, yeah, I think uh, I think uh, the big step uh, on both sides. Uh, obviously, the Empire mm-hmm. sort of winning the day on this one because because uh, they've got Kanan, but uh, pretty big victory for our rebels as well. Yeah, um, that was huge. In, yeah, in sort of getting this message out and hopefully getting a few more allies. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, I hope, yeah, definitely. And then just to see the faces as as Ezra's monologuing, we get to see see some of the faces like like it says here of Kanan. Uh, of Tarkin and some of the crew as they hear this thing and, and then we see some of the people of the fall actually getting to hear the message as well so we'll see if that sparks any uh, any more rebellion and oh man it's good stuff man a good little cliffhanger we got a couple weeks to wait though before the next episode unfortunately yeah, yeah. yeah they're, they're, they're mm, it's kind of mean <laughs> it's a little bit mean yeah let's to, to make us wait uh, two weeks in order to uh, to get the uh the the resolution yes. to uh, to to this next episode, but I uh, I mean with that I mean perfect segue, uh, yeah. Because uh, uh, the next episode is called Rebels Resolve. Yes, it is. Um, I and I it, I I don't know. I they, we don't really have a lot yet, right? Uh, we no. kind of got a little clip of some fight. Some fighting going on in the uh, Rebels Recon, but I uh, yeah. Well, why, don't you, why don't you play the audio clip that we've got? Here's what. Here's what. Uh, what here. What the? <clears throat> How you doing? Uh. 
Plugging chop, we need prisoner logs of all Imperial detention facilities. So like it looks like it looks like they are actually going after Kanan and you know they're yeah. jumping around in this on the walker there and, and but yeah, it looks like they're going to the detention center, so who else would they be going for but Kanan, I think. So that is what's coming next time on Star Wars Rebels, which which we said is I think February at least on the not on the XD app, but on the actual when it actually shows on TV is the twenty third or something like that? Yeah. Okay. The twenty third, yeah. Okay. Um yeah, but they've said that it, it'll it'll show up on the sixteenth on the uh, on the Watch Disney XD app. So right. okay. uh, look for it then. So it's really not that long to wait. No. But it is still a ways away. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's so yeah, gonna do it though. Uh, uh, yeah, that that that's basically it for us this week. Uh, another reminder that, of course, we will be uh, at Star Wars Celebration. Yes, and uh, we will be on the podcast stage from one thirty to two thirty. Uh, they released the full schedule for the podcast stage today, actually, and we are officially closing, closing out the podcast stage. <laughs> what? So the we heck? are we are the last podcast on the on the podcast stage. Yes, which honestly. I I think is the best slot. I think that is the best possible time. Now, not everybody's going to be there on Sunday, and that that's kind of a thing that happens. Yeah. But uh, but for me, that means that we are the official wrap up of the podcast <laughs> stage. Thank you very yeah. much to Lucasfilm, even though we know that that is a completely random process. Right. Uh, we're so thankful, though, to to get the opportunity because we know that there were a lot of podcasts that applied. And when you look at the list, actually, on the podcast stage, uh, there's not actually that many podcasts no. that get the privilege of, of, uh, of taking the stage there. So um, we're super honored. We're excited to be there. Uh, yes. 1.30 to 2.30 on the podcast stage Sunday. Closing out Star Wars Celebration. We are the end of... of uh, we're basically the closing ceremonies. I mean, yes. you know, uh, we're, we're, we're the next best thing. So, um, <laughs> I, nice. saving the best for last, as Save I've been it. saying. Yeah. And, uh, and you can look forward to that uh, if you're going to be there. Of course, if you're not going to be there, you can look forward to watching live uh, on... I don't know yet, Ustream, uh, uh, maybe YouTube... We'll figure it out. I got to look at mm-hmm. iPhone apps and that sort of thing and figure out the best solution. But right. look forward to that. It's going to happen. You're going to get it. You're going to get it. Yeah. Uh, live. You'll be able to watch it and enjoy Star Wars Celebration with us. Um, but that's still a ways away. It's still a couple months away. Uh, in in the meantime, we got a season of Rebels to finish off yes. and lots of news that you can find over at rebelspodcast.com, the best place on the internet for Star Wars Rebels news. Tim keeps it nice and up-to-date and current there. So uh, head over to rebelspodcast.com if you want all of the latest Star Wars Rebels news. Uh, of course, you can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash rebelspodcast and uh, on, on Twitter at rebelspodcast. And, yes. uh, and of course, as always, we love to hear from you guys. Uh, let us know what you thought of this episode or Star Wars Rebels in general uh, by sending in your emails to rebelspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, and of course, uh, you can support us on Patreon at uh, patreon.com slash thunderquack where you can get early access to Star Wars Rebels episodes by pledging $10 uh, at the $10 level. 
uh, and we we appreciate everybody over there who does support us through Patreon. For sure. Yeah. I I you can also uh, at that ten dollar level you also get access to the Thunder Quack Patreon Club on Facebook, which is our awesome exclusive elite group just for Patreon supporters, where we have lots of great conversations about all sorts of stuff. Uh, so to do that, you head to Thunder Quack. Sorry, Patreon dot com slash thunderquack or you can head to thunderquack.com to uh find the link to our patreon campaign as well as links to all of our other awesome podcasts like star wars the saga continues Frontlines, the clone wars podcast uh quiver the green arrow podcast the pullbox podcast and uh, and two new podcasts coming soon uh irregularly scheduled which will be hosted by myself and uh the eight bits of destiny podcast which will be hosted by myself and my friends Casey White and uh, Maddie McFly. So you can look forward to those new podcasts coming soon, which are only made possible by our awesome supporters at awesome. Patreon. Yes. Uh, so thank you very much for all of that. Uh, and thunderquack.com is the place to find all of that. But we'll be back. We'll be back uh, in a couple weeks to talk about uh, Rebel Resolve. But hopefully, you know, we'll try and come back in the meantime. Uh, if we can, uh, if not, uh, you know, we'll, we'll be back when we're back. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but, hey, uh, yeah. Thank you guys for listening yeah. and we'll catch you on the next episode. See you soon. listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network.